Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast, where thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives from around the world share their practical tips, strategies, and stories to help you unleash your potential and achieve your goals. Your journey of growth to become your best starts now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everybody to the Rise Up For You podcast. My name is Natalina Nasserdine. I'm the host of the Rise Up For You podcast and the founder of Rise Up For You. And we are so excited. We are live here in Vegas and we have an amazing guest with us today, bringing you awesome stories, the, the journey that they've been through. So please welcome my friend and awesome human being, Nine, to the show. Hi, Nine. Cheers. What's up? Thanks for having me, Netta. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So we always like to start off the episode by letting our audience get to know our guests. So I always say brag a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, your story. Cool. Well, uh, so my story probably starts as a young boy, right? Like uh, typically when you uh, grow up, your dad takes you fishing or hunting or something like that. Uh, and my dad was a nuclear engineer, super tired uh, at the end of the day. So uh, we spent the time uh, together watching films on TV, notably the James Bond films, right? So it sparked kind of an interest in uh, that world when I was a young kid. And I didn't really realize how uh, much that influenced me until much later. Um, I kind of turned around many years later and uh, kind of saw my where my journey was. And I did things like uh, just like Bond, uh, my childhood hero, I was a naval officer like him uh, that mm -hmm. served with the uh, special forces just like he did. Uh, I was, uh, you know, served in our country's secret service. So did he. Uh, you know, I'd go on to practice the craft of intelligence at the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, he protected king and country, and so did I, incidentally. Uh, I was uh, oversaw security and intelligence for the National Park Service. So that's everything from, like, on the low end, the gun that shot Abraham Lincoln, and on the high end, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, had a quirk in... Uh, interest in space. So I kind of move off of, uh, like, say, for example, the Bond trajectory, although he did make a movie uh, that was called Moonraker, where he went to space. Um, I applied to be an astronaut. I didn't have a chance in hell of being an astronaut because I didn't come from a scientific background. Uh, but I applied nonetheless. I tracked down the recruiter. I basically, let's call it what it is. I harassed the recruiter uh, for a number of weeks and said, hey, like I applied, look at look for my stuff. Uh, she says, I don't see it in what's called USA Jobs, an online portal. I said, hey, I sent it to this address in like size four microfont on the job posting. And she says, no one sends anything there. I said, I did. Can you go find it? So she finds it, of course, in the envelope. There are pictures of me, a resume, a personal letter that like begs to be an astronaut. And uh, ultimately, she stops returning my calls because, of course, they're going to reject me. So they do send me like a very cool rejection letter on old school NASA letterhead that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And uh, not too long after that, a buddy of mine says, hey, you should check out this company called SpaceX uh, in California. It's owned by this guy, Elon Musk. And I said, I'll check it out. And they were looking for somebody to help them build a security program pretty much from scratch. Uh, so I applied. They said, hey, everything on the security side sounds pretty good, right? It sounds like you've got like a little interesting pedigree going on. But why do you want to work at a space company? Uh, to which I said, hey, hang tight. And I pull out my rejection letter from NASA. And like their leadership kind of did this one right here. Like this guy's good to go. 
And I was hired and that started like a basically a, almost a decade long journey uh, where I did everything from, you know, help us protect some of our first rockets that were built uh, to ultimately uh, we started to launch astronauts and stuff like that. Not to mention uh, being around Mr. Musk was pretty cool, too. Um, and then these days I own my own uh, security company here in Las Vegas that does what I call protection 2.0 for people, places and things. And uh, that's me in a nutshell. I like how you're so let, nonchalant. Let, your let, 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 <laughs> let me out of the nutshell. <laughs> no, that's awesome. You're uh, Clearly, you're so humble. I mean, you just listed like all these amazing, you know, achievements that you've had. And you're like, yeah, I kind of like hung out with Elon and, you know, that kind of thing. But it's, it's really cool to have you on the show. I have so many questions for you. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, there's, I mean, obviously, you're, it sounds like your entire journey right? So all the way from serving, by the way, thank you for your service to now, like as an entrepreneur and running your own business, it's all been, I would say like high state, right? Like a lot of like high intensity environments, but you're obviously like from what I've seen, you know, and we've also seen each other in person in Las Vegas, very calm, cool, and collected. And so I'm, I'm curious, um, like, how do you, how do you, how do you find those two? Right. I mean, cause again, you're in, you're in situations where it's high risk, uh, situational awareness has to be at maximum capacity, you know, from what I understand, but yet you're able to be very like common and collected in the moment. Like how, do, how does that work for you? I'm so curious. Oh, so that's funny. Like, uh, number one, you train a lot, right? That's super important. But number two, I think I have like a cheat code, right? So the cheat code for me is that I'm a uh, finish right by uh culture and uh the finnish people i don't know if you've ever like maybe caught up with one they're pretty stoic so they say so uh pretty low-key like that so i've got a bit of a cheat code yeah and one of the world's happiest uh world's happiest countries in the world they fall under that category as well so okay so that yes. makes sense and that's that's cool so tell us a little bit you know the the thing that i heard in your story and in your journey couple things that popped out is resilience. Um, you know, moving forward, despite maybe not getting the yes, like for example, being the astronaut, like you still took action anyways. So I'm curious for you, what do you think are some of the defining factors that have led to your success, you know, when you serve that have led to your success? And even just the thought of SpaceX and thinking like, you know what, I'm going to take my astronaut letter you know what I mean? Like thinking that far in advance, like what do you think are some of the defining factors for you? Um, so uh, this is a quirky, uh, quirky journey, like quirky story that I'll tell you. But I think like some of the roots of like what we're talking about started here. So when I was like a maybe 12 years old, uh, I became very fascinated in like blues harmonica. I was living in Mississippi at the time. And then uh, there's this artist called Jimmy Buffett, of course. He's like a sings Margaritaville and these kind of things. Uh, long story short, I uh, became very interested in like this harmonica player that played with Jimmy. His name was Fingers Taylor. Uh, recently passed away of Alzheimer's, unfortunately. Uh, but at, as a 12-year-old boy, I said, hey, I want to take lessons from this guy. Uh, I'm going to do that. So I go to a concert where he's at. He leaves the stage afterwards and enjoys like it was a blues festival. So I go find him and I say, hey, you, you don't really have a choice. I'm going to get you to give me lessons for harmonica and stuff like that. And he looks at me 
because he was, you know, pretty popular with uh, Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band or whatever. And he says, mm, okay, kid. So he gives me his number, right? And uh, that then starts the same kind of methodology where I like contact him. His name was Greg, right? I said, hey, Greg, are you available? Uh, you know, you, can you spend some time teaching me and stuff like that? In the background, I was like persevering, practicing, getting much better. Um, and then ultimately he said, yes, right? Uh, and then that led to a great kind of friendship where he brought me over, taught me how to play a bunch. Um, it led to introductions for me to a number of the blues legends uh, that are out there uh, to see things in the background, like he played with Eric Clapton and things like that. So just a remarkable kind of uh, experience. But it started as a young kid for me, where it's just like I kind of knew what I wanted and would not take no. Uh, incidentally, back to my Finnish roots, right? There's a phrase or uh, it's a word. It doesn't really translate into English very well. It's called sisu. Incidentally, it's a name for my business, and it means steadfast courage and resolve despite overwhelming odds. Uh, so that's wow. probably in my DNA. But, uh, you know, little things like that when you're young kind of help set that path. They teach you to take shots, dream big, go after what you really want. And I think you've seen that play out over my life. But one thing I'll also say uh, that's pretty important, too, is you take shots that are meaningful to you. That's kind of the secret. So as a young boy, I really wanted to learn harmonica from Greg Fingers Taylor, right? And I pursued that. It wasn't like I was pursuing something that someone else wanted. That's like the key to the mojo, of course, perseverance, uh, but then separately going after what truly like makes your heart tick. Where do you think you got that quality from though? Because I'm hearing you speak and I can't help but think, you know, you know the nature of our business, right? Social and emotional intelligence, you know, confidence, both in the corporate and individual space. But I can't help but think, you know, about today's younger generation, right, that really struggle with even just raising their hand because they don't want to make a mistake or sound silly or be rejected. But I hear that you at a young age, you, you know, you set your mind to something, you did it, you, you made the ask. And even if you were going to fall and fail, it didn't matter. I'm just out of curiosity, where do you think that did it come from your childhood? Did it come from your upbringing? What is it the Finnish, you know, background? What do you think created that for you? It's like a cocktail, not stirred, right? That's a little bit of uh, all these ingredients. Of course, probably harkens back to that time with my dad, uh, watching those films, being inspired by what was like a kind of an adventurous soul. Indiana Jones, incidentally, was a huge uh, kind of uh, icon, too, that I very much liked. And it, it was the thought of like, man, that's really cool. So I will say kind of everything I've done, in hindsight, people uh, may look at that and say, wow, that was pretty scripted where you went and what you did. But that was not the case. Like everything I did was because I thought it would be cool. And when I say that, I mean, cool for me that I would enjoy it. So um, I probably just like, uh, you know, answering your question a little bit more directly, what leads to that is just like a curiosity that is genuinely mine um, that I leverage to, you know, pursue things like a thirst to, to learn, I would say. Yeah, I know. I love that. And it's funny that you say that because I, I interviewed someone beforehand as well that's in the entertainment space and they had a similar um, uh, kind of topic around creativity. Like they, they were just always hungry for curiosity and to exercise their uh, creative flow, right? Their creative intelligence. So uh, I'm curious, tell us a little bit, and I'm sure some of the audience members want to know as well, SpaceX with Elon Musk, like what was that like for you? Was it everything that we might imagine it to be? You know, what were some exciting moments for you? 
So um, I, I will say uh, the SpaceX uh, experience was ultra re rewarding for me. Uh, it, 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 you know, I was in the government uh, exclusively until I went to SpaceX. It was my first corporate job. Uh, and what a fantastic place to learn. It exploded in growth. Uh, it was full of challenges. It was full of empowerment, notably, uh, which was super cool, right? Um, ultimately, I was asked after onboarding a very specific question. Uh, that question was this. It says, what would it take to build a world-class security program at SpaceX? Uh, I said, give me two weeks. I'll come back and talk to you. They're like, great. You got one. I'll see you like uh, at the early part of next week. Uh, I go in, I say, hey, it would take these things to build a world-class program. They said, that sounds phenomenal. How long would that take? I said, take maybe 90 days. Great, you got 60, go get at it, right? Uh, and then, you know, kind of the underlying premise of that, is the expectation is you would just build an awesome program. So you have to scale that out, right? I talked about my experience, right? Uh, SpaceX kind of gave me a remarkable, humbling opportunity to be there. Uh, and to participate in what it's doing. Um, and then separately, it's doing that around the company. You know, it's, it's hiring a lot of different people from great backgrounds and stuff like that, and then empowering them to build in their respective, like, uh, area of expertise. So it was like a super gratifying place to be. I learned a ton. Uh, of course, people always want to ask questions about uh, Elon, right? And uh, I will uh, hold those comments in reserve. Uh, but what I will say uh, is I look at him as one of the most uh, like brightest shining stars of our time, right? And I feel super humbled that I had, uh, you know, uh, almost a decade uh, in, in and around his uh, sphere. Uh, so I learned a lot vicariously and directly uh, about what he's up to and uh, how he ticks, I think. But I don't, I don't know that anybody has that on lock, uh, but a fascinating opportunity nonetheless. 100%. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I know that there's, you probably had to like, you know, keep some things <laughs> secret, but I appreciate you opening up, up, up a little bit about that. So really yeah. enjoying this conversation. What I would love to do is jump into the power section of the interview. So I'm just going to ask you some rapid questions. So first question, yeah, yeah, I know. First question for you is, um, you know, if today were your last day on earth, what is one golden nugget you would want to leave with everyone? Golden nugget. Ah, that's interesting. At first, I thought you were going to ask me what I'd want to do on my last day, right? And I got some ideas for that. Uh, but golden nugget, I would just say, you know, uh, life is about, you know, it, it sounds cliche or whatever. You've got this one opportunity. And then based on what we talked about, right, you've got to take shots. You've got to take risks. I think if you're uh, doing things that don't, you know, and that's just cliche too. It's like if you're doing things that don't scare you a little bit, like that's, you need to push a little bit harder. Like, uh, look internally and kind of push a bit. No, I love that. Here at Rise Up For You, we're really intentional about values. And we believe that values are, are really the core to building an organization that, that's healthy in its culture, a life that's fulfilling and happy. What would you say is a value for you that's an absolute <clears throat> non-negotiable? Value for me, that's an absolute non-negotiable. I would say probably generally it's like the idea of integrity, right? That's like super important to me. And then of course, like being in the security space, that would be the case. Uh, but probably more meaningful to me these days as a, well, integrity is of course super meaningful, but like an add-on, uh, and it's the kind of the mantra of my company these days, is focusing on the darkness so others can focus on the light. Uh, that phrase right there means a lot to me. 
Um, and it applies to protecting people, places, and things. And then here in Vegas, and I think we've talked about this a couple of different times, right? Uh, I've been taking a lot of steps to get involved with homeless, uh, homelessness and outreach. Uh, and that's, of course, looking at issues that others don't want to take a peek at. So, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I have one more question for you, Nine, but before, before I jump yeah. into that... Tell us how we can connect with you, learn more. I know you're doing some amazing stuff in regards to security, especially here in Vegas, high profile events, uh, you know, protecting celebrities, politicians. So if anyone is interested, how do we reach out to you? I think you also have a workshop coming up either in New York or here. I can't remember, but share everything. Yes. Yeah, sure. So I would say the best means of uh, like kind of tuning into what I'm squawking about is LinkedIn. I do a lot of chattering on there. Uh, and then uh, I would say that in recent times, I've kind of found my voice. Interestingly, as a security professional, that's kind of discouraged, right? You don't talk. You're usually silent service. Uh, but lately, uh, I very much believe that we're uh, kind of on the cusp of a new era, right? One in which there's just tremendous rapid technological change like AI, robotics, and all yeah. these other things. And I think the industry that I kind of grew up in is ill-positioned to kind of uh, – service uh, those, you know, advancements and things need a little bit of a shakeup. So I'm all about what's called protection 2.0. Uh, and the best way to kind of like tune into what I think about protection 2.0 is on LinkedIn, but separately on our website, that's www.sisu, the term I talked about before, S-I-S-U dot L-A. Why the L-A? Because Sisu was hatched in L.A., then moved <laughs> to Vegas. Awesome. I love it. Okay, we'll make sure that we put that in the, the show notes. Thank you so cool. much for joining us, Nine. My final question for you is, as you know, we're the company Rise Up For You. What comes to mind for you when you hear that phrase? Well, number one, I love your uh, the logo, right? You've got the mountain in the logo. And I think I've asked you before which one that is. Uh, you know, I love mountain climbing. I've been to Mount Everest and such. Uh, so, like... That uh, when I think about Rise Up, I always think about your logo, yeah. but it's totally cool that you're empowering uh, people from all different, you know, walks of life to, uh, you know, harness their best self yeah. and go after big things. Like keep doing what you're doing. I'm proud of you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you see my arm shaking, it's because I have my puppy here at the corner. His name is Jubble, which also means mountain in Arabic. <laughs> Sick. I did yeah. that. It's been such an honor to have you. Thank you so much for joining us, Nine. Um, everyone that's listening, please connect with Nine here on LinkedIn, on YouTube, social media, wherever he is. He's doing some awesome work. Other than that, thank you for joining the Rise Up For You podcast. Every week, we're bringing amazing episodes with thought leaders, entrepreneur experts from around the world that are really help, here to help you be your best and push your potential. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you next time. Thank you, Nine. See ya. Thanks, Netta.